Should we do it? We rolling? Go, go, go. Hello and welcome to Business Without Bullshit. I am Andy Uri and alongside me is my co-host, Biva Sturt. Hi, Andy. <laughs> Today, we are joined by the illustrious Ashuk Sapaya. Uh, Ashuk is co-founder and CEO of Mitra Innovation Group, which is a, is a global technology provider that enables entrepreneurs, uh, enterprises, and public service organizations to accelerate their ideas and turn them into amazing businesses or solutions. But probably more importantly at the moment, he is running a new business as a serial entrepreneur called Experience with an X, helping organizations to drive sustainability in a scientific way. Hooray! Very good. Welcome to the podcast, Ashok. Thank you for thank you for coming. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you for inviting me. So, I guess um, I mean the second of those businesses is probably a good place to start. But we always like to start with a sort of simpler question, which is, uh, what is keeping Ashok up at night? <laughs> Metaphorically speaking, perhaps you know, <laughs> rather than actually, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I could I could go into the whole thing with mosquitoes that I've got at the moment, but you don't want to hear it. But also, quite a lot of guests keep asking. Actually, I sleep very well. <laughs> well, like, <laughs> for me, my dog wakes me up every morning for food, so <laughs> that's probably why I wake a up. A Labrador, that's, that's all they think about. <laughs> Only food. So um, I think the, the experience is a good uh, objective for me. Uh, one, sustainability is super important for all over the world, for various industries. A lot of companies are trying, uh, very few are doing it in a genuine way. We think technology can make a big difference, can simplify things. So it just for me, it's all about how can I make things better? How can I drive more sustainability? How can I communicate that to various stakeholders and just propagate that message? That's, that's really what drives it. So how does experience actually work? Like what happens? I decide as a company to engage you guys. What will you do for my business? So first of all, we ask whether they have a net zero target. So most companies, whether it's Open Reach, uh, British Airways, we work with Silverstone, British Grand Prix. They have a net zero target. Twenty thirty, they want to be. It's tricky when you're driving uh, race cars around a track. It's, it's interesting. Everybody, that's the first thing they yeah. say. What do you mean, Formula One yeah. sustainability? <laughs> and the, the, those cars, uh, carbon emission from the cars is like two percent of their total carbon emission. Unless, well, in the world. No, per per race. Per race. Per race. Yeah. Okay, good. So it's, it's, <laughs> so it's actually the drivers breathing that's the problem. It's 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 many things. It's fans driving to the venue. Yeah, that's large percent percentage of. You should it. have taken the bus. Exactly. Oh, not even the bus. Yeah, even Silverstone. I figured out you can take the train to Milton Keynes, and there's a bus, shuttle to the Silverstone. You don't have to drive. So coming back to but your question, so do you have a net zero strategy for your business? Yes, no. If no, then we will help you build it. But once you know, we can put those targets into the platform. Then we connect to various data points in terms of utilities you purchase, supply chain. So somebody given you things, food and beverages and various products that are given to your business. So we track who's providing what goods and services. How did it get here? How many people came to install it, set it up? how much waste that was produced. So if you take Wimbledon Tennis, for the tournament, they must have purchased over 10,000 bottles of champagne. So where did that come from? How many trucks used was used to transport it? Can it be EV vehicle rather than a gas guzzling vehicle? So it's really analyzing all this information and providing the suppliers some visibility around what they are doing and how they can get better. And also the companies itself 
to say, okay, what can they do to improve their sustainability? So it's partly giving them visibility and secondly, helping them to choose the right decision for the next event and so on and so on. You know, for me, um, just to just, you know, I, th- I think for those who run small, medium-sized businesses, I, I'm very frustrated with this sort of, you know, everyone saying you need to do something and no one really knows what the hell to do. Is that is that what it's about to you or as an entrepreneur, you just saw an opportunity, um, you know, what's driving this business, is it? Actually, were? it's very interesting. So my first business called Vetusa back in the US, uh, that grew into a very, very large company. How'd you company. say Vetusa? Vetusa. Yeah, okay, and it became a big thing. Huge one. I was employee number one with the founders. And when I left, we had over 5,000 people, uh, $300 million in revenue, huge. So I used to consult for Fidelity, Citibank, um, Deutsche Bank, OpenReach. And these are very, very large organizations. In these big companies, employees' voice are not heard at the top. So it was really an employee experience issue. So the platform that I built was to solve that problem. And then later, what I learned is that is the social element of environmental social governance. So that is what the social means? Yeah, social is all about People aspect, diversity, yeah. inclusiveness. And ampli- but you said specifically amplifying the the, the, the small get. You know, the information's better at going downwards than it is at going upwards. Generally. Yeah, because you, even if people say something, management is has so many layers they don't hear it, and there's no anonymity there. Yeah, there's an element of it's a career limiting move to exactly. say anything too critical. And Japan has this problem in space. Oh gosh, you that's know. a different. Let's let's not go there. Let's, <laughs> let's stay in this world. <laughs> this part of the you know world. what I said about going off piece. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay, know. so you learn you learn from that 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 is the S in ESG. Eventually, we figured out what we built is the S of ESG. Today, a lot of ESG providers don't go deep into this. So we have, we built a uh, almost a regular feedback session from the employees to the platform. So management can see what employees think about their business. So, you know, let's say you have 40 employees in your company, they use it, you'll be able to see how they appear with their pay and reward, leadership, uh, strategy of the business. Does this ever go wrong though, that people say a lot of stuff and then if you don't act on it, they get frustrated or? So this is not annual survey. Which is, annual survey is that. So when you do annual survey, people say it, you don't act on it, they won't respond next time. This is more collaborating with the business and doing activities. Imprompt, we ask certain questions. And then we collect the information and, and we convert them into uh, a health index of the organization. And we give a lot of parameters, department-wise, age-wise, um, tenure-wise, what people are thinking about your business. Uh, and where the diversity inclusiveness or those issues are we able to highlight. Then we added the carbon emission, water and waste, which is the E part. And then governance, there are a lot of standards out there. It's evolving. It's so complicated. So we're just simplifying by adding a lot of governance reports into the platform. So let's say you're higher, so 9,001 or 27,001 or... 45,001 if you're into sustainability activities. There are standards for different, uh, there are GRI standards. There is various standards that United Nations has developed. So we just create those reports from the data we collect. So it's not manipulated data. You can't change information. It's just what, so we take from data from your finance system, from HR system. Oh wait, this is the business you built in America or is this? No, this is experience. Ah, okay. The idea for the social thing. What I saw was uh, in large companies like Fidelity, City, 
big organization, when they have more than 100,000 employees, it's very difficult to know what employees want. And it's, it's virtually impossible because they're too large. So I built a platform to solve the problem and then I pivoted to a complete ESG proposition. So therefore, even ESG for me is starting to be, all of it is so bloody complicated. You know, so I mean, you know, and I'm selling your business now, which is why I like when I sat at the table and said, let's talk about this. Simplify it, yeah. Yeah, it's just plug and play. You know, fill in, answer questionnaires. Simplify the process. So I, I think the way we should look at this is, it's a bigger problem. Very large problem. What's the big problem? The whole thing, ESG. The whole thing. Uh, sustainability is important. Everybody accepts it, but execution is super complicated. Yeah. Where do you start? Uh, how do you fund it? Is it coming from your profits? Are you more purpose-led company? Are you a profitable company? Are you both? There are a lot of complexities at the board level. There are a lot of confusions. When it comes to standard, there are so many standards out there. What is it you're trying to solve? But one of the biggest problems we are seeing now, we have spoken to so many companies, Metrobank, uh, OpenRich, we work with them, uh, Howden Insurance and Travis Perkins and so many organizations. Their problem is data. They just can't get the data together because data problem has been there for decades, right? It's not, it's not a brand new problem. In a more detailed example, they don't know what their footprint is. They don't know no, they what don't, the they problems don't know, are. They don't know what they're purchasing in Newcastle or Manchester or what kind of goods are coming to their warehouses, yeah. how is it getting yeah. shipped. They don't track a lot of the data points. How much fuel did you purchase? Some companies have it, some companies don't have it. It's just sitting in a printed invoices coming into the finance department. And if you have, if you're a group of company like Howden, they have 20 odd companies, not all companies operating in the same governance model. So it just gets very also, complicated. Also, compliance the whole time is almost the enemy of business. It's like, it's almost like the moment you've got to start, you're just trying to do stuff. And the moment you've got to fill in a form for everything you're doing, oh, you know, it's, it's the equivalent of our sort of, you know, everything we have to do, we have to time record. And it's like that on steroids. It's like, you can't, you know, if, if you take a business and you've got Barry who's trying to drive a lorry up north and then it's like, no, but you've got to fill a form in of how much petrol you bought on Tuesday and did you buy crisps or something? And he's like, I just, I, you know, the whole <laughs> thing just starts falling yeah. apart. So technology offers solutions where we can make it quite convenient, but it's still, if it's data entry, you're still screwed. Like it only really works once it becomes properly autonomous, Autonomy, yeah. you know, yeah. that, that it knows I've been to the petrol station and just part of the system, part of the system. And it knows how much the weight of the car has increased. So it knows how yeah. much petrol I brought or, you know, it's whatever. Now, for example, if you use company card for petrol, boom, boom, all the data comes in. So it's evolving. I, I, I would say it's a, it's a journey that we are in. You're not going to get everything, but going back to the big picture. So large companies are doing something medium SMEs and small companies are struggling because they don't have the resources to do it. So I, my focus is two things. I'm looking at big companies to see how they can adopt it. But a lot of the suppliers to the big companies are the suppliers, small companies. So they're indirectly coming into the solution and the system. They're learning. And the way I built experience, I'm giving the supplier interface for free. So if I, let's say a supplier supplies large amount of goods to Silverstone and Wimbledon Tennis, they get to see that carbon emission for free, that analysis. But ho hopefully over a period of time, they'll use that to become more adaptive. Uh, the second one is if you look at the sports and event space, from my analysis, they can have a big impact because stakeholders like sponsors, 
uh, they want more sustainability in the events that they're sponsoring. The sustainability venue itself want to run it, you know, no plastics, uh, re uh, recycling material, less waste, etc. And then the fans, when you go to the events, we are starting to look, you know, are you still selling this cheap plastic or you a lot of waste material? Are you reducing, are you putting a lot of uh, proper recyclable bins everywhere? There are machines where you pop in your plastic bottle, it gets recycled and you get credit for it. There are so many things coming into the market. Pops out a credit card there and then, does it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> you get the ching, you get the money. So, um, so I'm focusing on those two areas, large corporates to start with, because they have the resources and the funding to make an impact and the sports and the events juice. organization. And the duty underneath it. Exactly. You know, if they're not doing it, I mean, we're all buggered, really. Exactly. You know? What would be your top tips to business? I mean, forget about your your business. Mm -hmm. You've been a businessman in loads of businesses, so you've got loads of other companies that have the sort of climate change thing. What should we be doing? I think so. basic, you start with your team, uh, whether you're a small or big company. What, get rid of them? <laughs> make, make, make them get rid of their cars. <laughs> get them involved in your plan and your strategy. What is it you're doing? What are you purchasing for your business? Uh, what kind of um, environmentally pollution thing you're doing activities. So if people are driving um, gas guzzling cars to office, can you incentivize them to go into EV type of vehicle? You can. There are very good tax incentives. So currently, if you're a limited company right now, get people to buy electric cars, maybe. I'll give you a real world example. So my other company, Mitra, which is about 247 people, we had two facilities. Uh, we closed one. We, because most people are remote. So we have only one big building in Sri Lanka and one we have in Ipswich. So in Sri Lanka, we have uh, installed uh, solar panels. So we all our electricity consumption comes from um, uh, our own. You our power own. yourself completely from solar? Completely now. We started doing tree planting activities. The employees are doing it. We are just participating with them. What, did you find a field or what do you mean? There are places where there are shortfall of trees so we get permission from the city council, work with the city council, participate in tree planting activities. I didn't know you could do that. You could go and, you could go and help as it were. Yeah. Okay, very cool. But you can do it through the company. Like you, you run a program and say, this council is doing something, shall we participate? Uh, so just create awareness. Uh, we created a small um, ESG committee and we said, you know, guys, it's not a governance or anything like that. It's a free flow. Get your people involved. Yeah, don't yeah. make it a corporate policy. Don't make it corporate mandate or compliance. If you don't do it, really like you're that fired. I mean, just, everybody wants to do it. Not everybody can afford to do it. If a corporate can afford to do it, if they can put a small budget together, set up a committee, get the whole company involved. That's yeah. what's missing in many companies. Get people involved. Make them stakeholders in the process. That's the only way to make it happen. And you've done social, so you've started with the people, and then you've said, uh, well, you said to them, there is no governance. But what was clever about what you said is you made it basically self-governing because exactly. you, ju you just said, you're a group of people, work it out. Yeah. You know, I don't want some fucking hierarchy, no one's in charge, yeah. you know, just, just it's, or it's not about, you know, and then they solve the E, so it's SGE, it's, you know, you smashed it. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Business Without Bullshit is brought to you by Ori Clark, straight-talking financial and legal advice since 1935. You can find us at oriclark.com.
What do you think is bullshit in your industry and why? And seeing as you're in every industry, you might have to answer this oh, like gosh. five times. That's a difficult one. <laughs> I suppose a um, lot of companies try to promise the, the, the sun and the moon, but in reality, mm. it's only the practical things that really work. You know, for a, uh, you know uh, I'll, I'll give an example. Um, Facebook launched this um, virtual reality thing you put on Headset, your hand called yeah. Oculus. They said, oh, this is a great thing. You can play a virtual game and this and that. And uh, promised, launched it big time. Adoption wasn't that great. I have to ask something, which is you've, you've so many companies. I mean, I'm, I'm clarifying this Cloud Patrol, AI powered cybersecurity, the cookaway recipe in a box from famous chefs, Industrium, in, intelligent platform automating safety, Decipher. Are you an in, investor in all of these or are you active on all of these? How the hell do you do all of these? No, I, I, it's a combination. So some of them are in pure investments and advice to the board. Yeah. Um, especially during the startup stage. So I'm more into startup stage, not so much scale up. Some of them, um, uh, I have my hands on. So uh, Mitra Innovation is a tech consultancy business. Uh, we set up a new business uh, during COVID called Mitra Ventures. And we thought we'll start to work with startup companies to incubate their business. Out of the profits of Mitra, effectively, was it as well? Is it connected to Mitra? Which is no, it's a separate company. It's three, just three got the founders, same name. So three founders, yeah. we took our profits. We put a little bit of it into the Mitra Ventures. And then we supported startups. Sometimes we invested, uh, but mostly it's a hands-on. So Cloud Petrol and some of them are hands-on technology that I was heavily involved. Which one? Which ones were you very heavily involved in? Uh, Cloud Petrol, Cradle. Cloud Patrol, yeah. AI-powered cybersecurity product. Cradle, you might see there. It's mm -hmm. a, it's a yeah. elderly, yes, with a K. Elderly, yeah, so... Health Tech. I love that one. Health Tech for Elderly Care. What's that one? The idea is to actually back in, oh gosh, a long time ago, 2015, 16, uh, I wanted to build um, a solution for elderly people to live in their own home, age at their own home, not go into care homes, but have some sort of a gadget keeping an eye on them where they are, they had a phone, yeah, whatever. So simple. Alert them, alert your friends and families, profit. That's the whole idea. And, and it evolved into a television proposition. So uh, the the people can communicate with their uh, families through t television. So you don't need a smartphone. Uh, how do you do through television? Uh, video conferencing from your TV to a phone. It's also brilliant because it's spelled incredibly crazily. And it's cradle. <laughs> cradle, yeah. Yeah. As a, as a cradle of, the, of, the, of your parent, yeah. 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 It's like co-founded it. by ex-Intel CTO and myself. We came up with the idea. That's a great idea. Is it doing? Is it doing well? Is it global? Is it? Is it? Is it in Surrey? Race got good money. That's um, <laughs> because we're all old, all old people live in Surrey. Was that? <laughs> a lot of them, anyway. No, it's actually. Uh, so I, I mean, I stepped out of it after the first few years. Management took over. They raised significant amount of money, but they really didn't succeed. You've got one at home, I bet. Still though, it's like your the old last... like maybe version one. Now version. they're probably version. Oh 10 no! I imagine well. it's one of those tech. You know, if you really nailed it, it's like anyone could use it. That it's it'd be if you could make it this super reliable, super basic tech. That you know, uh, uh, you know, it was just sort of like it works. But unfortunately, Cradle the management didn't work out well. So they they really didn't. Take it to the next level. All right, we'll yeah. cross that one out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a, Can't win them all. Uh, it's, it's, it's a VC concept. It's one in 10 succeeds. That's their portfolio yeah. concept. 
let's ask that. What do you think of VCs and, you know, are they are they the devil? Are they to be trusted? Are they run businesses well? Well, I, I worked with VCs. Vatusa, we raised uh, $40 million from VCs. Um, some of these companies raised money from PE. Uh, I've done angel investment, seed round. So I've done variety. Yeah, yeah. There are different purpose. So let's say you're a business, you got into a million, two million, three million dollar of revenue, and you want to get to 100 million. Yeah. You need the VCs. Do you think it's easier when you've got a few VCs in there that you can kind of, how do I put this, play them off against Not each really, other? Not really, no, you can't do that. They are too too strong, very powerful. They'll be, always have a lead VC, yeah. and the others are secondary VCs. And uh, their job is to make your business successful. And if you don't, they'll replace you. That's their job. You've nailed it there. It's that second cool point because, I, I mean, I always joke, but the, the hotness of the women, the quality of the biscuits, the whole scene, it's like a den. And then when the, 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 the mask coming off is, if you don't do this, you're gone. I can tell you the VCs in the UK are a lot better. VCs in the US are brutal. They're brutal. What's your advice to people about, you know, you're running a startup, it, you just have to get the VCs no, if you it, want to it, make the scale. Like this, right? it's, it's very black and white. We, we don't have a lot of options. So if you want to raise money, safest way to raise money is friends and family. But you probably can get maximum million dollars. Yeah. Second round, you can do crowdsourcing, but you have to have a sexy, really... It's not for everyone. What were you going to say? You have to have a sexy, really... Proposition that the whole world loves it. Right? There's some emotional element to it. Cradle would have been good for crowd. Yeah, yeah. But it's got to be B to C. It doesn't be to C. Yeah, somebody's solving somebody's health problem or whatever, right? That's crowdsourcing. Third, you can go to the banks. Getting money out of the banks Forget is about virtually it. impossible. Fourth, uh, you can go to private equity firms. Even if you're small? No, even if you're but small? But they're going to absolutely take over your business because no, that's no, what they do. No, no, no. P is not very good. They're very good. But you have to have profits and they're mostly debt funding it. Yeah. So you've got to deliver your profits to serve the fund. Usually they sit on it for five years, maximum 10 years. Every five years they have to pay the investor some money back. But you're absolutely right that they're going to do exactly, frankly, what a VC does which is make sure that you're running the business right. And if but they're a lot more tolerant. You. They're a lot more tolerant because they're really? getting return. Okay. See, yeah, yeah, VCs, yeah. let's say they put you $10 million in your business as a PE firm, they're getting money back every year because they're charging you uh, interest, interest and everything. Yeah. VCs get zero. Yeah. VC will only get when you exit. Yeah. So VCs, but VCs put in large sum. They'll put 100 million, 200 million, 300 million. But they'll have a certain expectation. Yeah. PE firms, lately, they increase their volume because everybody figured out it's a safe way of investing. Increase the amount of stuff they invest, had more, more investments. There are, now the fund size, are, private equity fund size are in the hundreds of millions now. Yeah, I always think as PE is the bigger checks and as you say, they want a stable business that's highly profitable. It's working, we're just going to grow it. And VCs like, well, it's all a bit of a fucking mess, but it, it could be the biggest thing They're in the world. They're looking for 30x. 30x. Yeah. PEs are looking for 3 to 4x. Yeah, yeah. They want decent return. But they're looking for 30x from 1 in 10. 1 and, in 10. And one in they're 10. looking for dead from several. VC is happy for 9 to die, but that 1 needs to be 30x. I tell the entrepreneurs, if you need money, make sure you know what money do you need, from who do you need, and how you're going to manage it. Getting money is probably a step one. But what do you do with that money and how do you return return on investment on that money is super critical. 
So if you if you're a CEO who are unable to deliver, then the VC is gonna bring another another person to do it. Right? I mean, they have to do it. They have no other choice. So I can tell you, Vertusa in in Boston started in '95. I joined them as employee one. In 2000, we lost large chunk of our customer for dot com bubble burst. Yeah. Many customers went bankrupt. 2001, we survived. We may be we may be at about maybe five to seven million dollar revenue. I can't remember exactly. Uh, we we were lucky to get Sigma Partners and Battery Child Ventures to put in forty million dollars. With that, we grew the company to. $180 million by 2005. Fucking perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, because that's a three times multiple. We really? went to India, set up our facilities. We hired in thousands. We had uh, 3,000 3, employees in India, grew Sri Lanka to 2,000, another 500 all over the world. Uh, and 2007, we IPO'd in NASDAQ. It's all about perception and attitude. Yeah. And like you can have a founder of a business say, I bought in VCs, they fucking whipped me for you know five years and it was miserable and I I you know I only got a couple of million or 10 million out of this transaction when it was done or you can say I bought in VCs and they really pushed me hard which is what you're saying yeah and we made a success of the business and it's all about the perception of how you're looking at the same set of circumstance okay Ashok welcome to the five second rule right? This is where we're going to ask you a list of questions to get to know you a little better. And you have five seconds or thereabouts, this never works, to answer each question. So D, cue the music. This sounds like a five second rule that I play with my daughter and I always lose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, here we go. What was your first job? Um, Vitusa. What, what did you say? Vertusa. Okay. Well, you company. were the first employee. I was the first employee. Oh, it's a yeah. company. Yeah. Right. I was yeah. thinking of a VAT tutor. <laughs> <laughs> but you were, you, were, you were a geek. You you coded at the time. I kind of, not a geek. Because I, I, I did PhD in computer science. Okay, in Sri Lanka. Like, you know, in uh, University of Wales. Oh, in the in, city of Wales. In Cardiff, yeah. In Cardiff. And I went to Boston to work first, to join this garage startup. It was a, straight out of the university. It's a basement startup, actually. Yeah, straight they were just looking for talent and you were like, hey, I'm in yeah. Wales. Yeah. yeah. Check me out. <laughs> what was your worst job? Um, I did a stint uh, between that company and starting Mitra and, and I did that job for 18 months. It was a nightmare. What was wrong with it? Which one on the list is that? It's, is that not, one in, it's not in the it's list. Not the it's list. Um, too much uh, politics. It's someone else's business you were yeah. helping with. Yeah. Oh, okay. I have no time for politics. If you want to do politics, I'm out. Favorite subject at school? Nothing. Come oh, on, come on. Come, must come have been on. <laughs> least worst. Least, yeah, least worst. Uh, do you remember school? Gosh, I studied in so many places, I can't remember. Um, Must have been maths. Business related, I think. What's your special skill? Working with people. With the all, all, all angles, all aspects. A very junior, straight out of uni to a super experience. I worked with 5,000 odd people at Vitusa and so many people. I love it. Very nice. What did you want to be when you grew up? I want to build a lot of companies. That was my expectation from day one. What did your parents want you to be? Uh, I think they wanted me to be a, a good engineer. 
somebody. Was when, your parents engineers? Are they engineers? My father was a business guy. Uh, he dropped out of school. And he, he built his business in Sri Lanka uh, and he did a lot of charity work. Uh, that's how I got my passion for people. Uh, he moved uh, 400 people from poverty area into the city, Colombo, and helped them build their life. So I'm doing the same thing the oh, that's in, magic. in, in that's the, in the IT world. My mother didn't go to school, so no, she, she had no expectation. What is your go-to karaoke song? Oh, wow. I don't do karaoke at all. So, with any common, there's a song you'd sing along to. Um, Something. George Michael's... Uh, Faith. Yeah. 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 Very nice. Yeah, that's you see, you had one really. Okay, this one's quite key, depending on how you answer it. Um, office dogs, mm-hmm. business or bullshit? Business. Very good. Thanks to work. Did you hear that right? Have you ever been fired? Uh, no, because I only had one job where I had a boss. Otherwise, you'd have was, to fire uh, I was the boss, yeah. I said I like to look in the mirror to see if I need to fire me or not. Uh, what's your vice? Usually alcohol. Usually alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, would, I would stick to alcohol. Wine. wine we yeah. had crisps yesterday, which I great. Great answer. totally get behind. Yeah. Um, I love wine. You've been absolutely brilliant, Ashok. Uh, thank you very, very much. Um, so, uh, yeah, this is where you give you 30 seconds. Do you want to pitch anything? Do you want to tell anyone about anything? No. No, I, I, I was very fortunate in life to be where I am. I worked with people, great people from US to UK, Europe, Asia, uh, Australia. Uh, people should just keep innovating, creativity, look after their employees and do good for the earth. And to see their kids occasionally, particularly their young teenage daughters who will bite their fucking head off if they don't. Look, you can let the men crack on, they're fine. But, you know, you look after those girls. I went inside my house today at lunch because I was working from home and my daughter came up and she sort of gave me a hug and then within a minute said, go away, daddy. <laughs> I was like, okay, oh, back to my daughter? Two. Oh, wait till she gets 40. Oh, my God. She said, I don't want to know you. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Oh, yeah, is it. You've been absolutely fantastic, Ashika. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, thank you to Pippa. Uh, thank you to Invisible D. Uh, this has been this week's episode of Business Without Bullshit, and we'll be back with BWB Extra on Thursday. Until then, it's ciao. Bye.